know that 30% of adults in the United States suffer from a life-stunning disorder called trichotillomania? Trichotillomania is a hair pulling disorder that causes noticeable hair loss in the scalp, brows, and lashes. My name is Kirby, and I am the founder of a nonprofit organization called The Church to Stop. The Church to Stop is devoted in providing church sufferers with wigs, weaves, hair extensions, microblading for the brows along with false lashes and efforts to help prevent from pulling along with rebuilding confidence. Because there's no cure, trichotillomania is only manageable because I myself have been managing trichotillomania for 26 years. Originally, I created this program for myself, but now it's for others just like me. And you can support this organization by going to app.voodle.com and look up the Trich to Stop. That's T-R-I-C-H to Stop. Right now, currently, if you go to that website, you can cast your vote to help this organization receive a $10,000 grant to help those with this horrible hair disorder. All you have to do is go to the link that will be provided in the description box of this podcast, and it will also be available on the Boochcast Facebook page at facebook.com slash theboochcast. Once you click on the link, click on the heart icon to like the video, and then it will ask you to sign up. It is totally free to sign up. All you have to do is type in your name and a credible email address. And once you've done that, you have successfully voted for the Trich to Stop organization and give them a chance to win a $10,000 grant. Kirby is a personal friend of mine that I used to work with over at the Home Depot. I have recently casted my vote and I am asking the Boochcast fans and listeners to do the same. Go to app.voodle.com. The link is in the description box here on the podcast. And if you can't click on it, go to the Boochcast Facebook page and there will be a clickable link for you to go and cast your votes. And now, on with the show. I've tried, 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 and I've tried even. Just blown. Been hunting for my bucks all day, but they've been 
now so fucked up they refuse to fucking stay. I've no more fucks to give. My fucks have gone insane. They've come back around to pass me while they're fucking off again. I've no more fucks to give. My fucks have all dissolved. I've made many projects, but my fucks won't be involved. I've no more fucks to give. My fucks have all been spent. They fucked up from the building, and I don't know where they went. I've got no fucks to give. I've got no fucks to give. I've got no fucks. I've got no fucks. I've got no fucks to give. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on the Boochcast, the man who is substituting for Mr. Elvis Delinsky. He's been woken. He's been broken. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Dude, that's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott, genuinely speaking. I'm not broke. Vinny, what did you think about this card before we get there? This was a very interesting show. Um, it was. Some parts were good. Some parts were like, what the fuck? But, um, of course, this was in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, we have yeah. the legendary Tony Schiavone, the Hall of Famer Jim Ross, and the racist Excalibur on the commentary. And we kicked things off with the influencer, the demo guy, Le Champion himself, Chris Jericho. He says, the match at Revolution with Eddie Kingston may have been the best he ever had in AEW. He says he didn't live up to his word and shake his hand. And, of course, everybody starts chanting, shake his hand, shake his hand. He said he was frustrated and angry. Eddie beat him, and he wants to pay his respect. He asked Eddie to come out. Eddie obliges. He says the Friday night before Revolution, Eddie wanted to run away. He got the courage to show up because people at the Fan Fest said how he impacted, how impacted they were by his Players' Tribune article. He said that handshake wasn't for him, but for Jericho. What kind of hole in his chest does he have that he wouldn't shake Eddie's hand? That's the question he's got to ask. Jericho said he was right. He respects Eddie, and he thanks him for giving him one of the best matches of his career, and the two shake hands. All of a sudden, out comes 2.0 with Daniel Garcia. They gang up on the two. Santana and Ortiz clear house. They give Jericho the bat, but Jericho instead hits Santana and Ortiz. He's aligned with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Out comes an irate Jake Hager. He screams at Jericho before joining him and attacking his inner circle brothers. Jericho stabs Eddie in the head with the head of the bat, just bashes him with it. 2.0 pull up a table, and Hager powerbombs Kingston through it from the apron. Jericho then calls his new alliance the Jericho Appreciation Society and says that is entertainment as they take their cuts and put them on top of Proud and Powerful. Okay, uh, Vinny, like I touched you before, you were right, but they did it different. He did it turn heel at Revolution. He didn't just shake his hand. He, he, he said, I know I should have done this and, and shouldn't have done that. And I was waiting for my for my ride, and I was screaming at my phone, you said you were shaking his hand, you motherfucker, you. But lo and behold, look what happened. Vinny, once again, you called it. And I was like, wait a minute. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, huh, Vinny, you called it. You were right. I was just waiting for it to happen because I knew it was going to happen. Well, here's the thing. This is how it was. 
was. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing, though. I knew Jericho was going to turn heel. I did not expect him to turn on uh, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, I did not expect the Jericho Appreciation Society to be formed, and I'm intrigued by this new faction. The inner circle is no more, or if it's not, it's going to be, or if it does exist, it'll be under new management. But as much as I enjoyed... The promos from Eddie, the promo from Jericho, the beatdown surprise. I wouldn't be me if I didn't have something to critique. And of course you do. And there's two things I need to critique. First off, the powerbomb by Jake Hager was very sloppy. But yeah, I saw that too. That did, He didn't land right, I don't think. Eddie Kingston did not land right, and I can't tell if it's because... Jake Hager didn't have him up a reasonable amount, or because, as you mentioned during the Revolution recap, Eddie Kingston's a bit of a fat fuck and out yeah. of shape. So I don't know if Eddie needs to lose weight or if Jake Hager needs to do some more uh, curls for the girls. Like, he needs to get in the gym and do the Guido pump, as we like to call it. Jake Hager's a big guy. He's big, 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 big. And he had a hard time pulling Eddie up. And I was like, did you see Eddie actually have to, like, a bit of a pops run? But I thought, man, he's actually, like, reconnect his hands to his head. Did you see that at all? Yeah, that was, so I thought that was, you know, like I said, that was a sloppy table spot. And I can't tell if it's because because Eddie needs to lose weight, or if uh, Jake Hager needs to do the Guido pump, which, for those of you who don't know, is 10 to 15 sets of bicep, tricep, supersets in the gym. They call it the Guido pump. So, I don't know if that's what he needs to do, but there was another issue that I had with this. Okay, so the inner circle is pretty much complete. Jericho yeah. and Hager are now a team, are, on the, are, are still together. Santana and Ortiz have definitely been ostracized, but that, of course, begs the question, what the fuck happens to Sammy Gabriel? What what the fuck is he doing? Uh, uh, maybe he can um, become the new manager. I don't know. That's the only logical thing I can come up with is he becomes the new leader of the inner circle. And like you know, well, since since Jericho is not going to be the inner circle anymore, maybe Sammy G takes over as the leader, and or Eddie Kingston does one of the two, and maybe uh they. So I'm thinking since Sammy G was kind of like the second in command to Jericho, maybe he takes over as the leader of the inner circle, and then he brings in Eddie Kingston. And so far, it's the four of them. Maybe they bring in a fifth member, possibly. I don't know who that would be. My first thought would be Moxley, but obviously he's not getting involved in this. He's got his own thing we'll get to in a moment. But I, w I don't know who the fifth person would be, but that's the only thing that I need to know at this point with this team is where does Sammy G's loyalty going to lie? Is he going to remain a babyface? and stay with Proud and Powerful, or is he going to be a heel and side with the Jericho Appreciation Society? That's kind of what I need to know at this point, is where Sammy G stands. And I find it weird. No one's asked him about this yet. He didn't come out. He didn't address it. I know he's got a match later, but these are all his friends and his brothers and his family. He should be out there trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, and the fact that he's not is a problem. They're very true. You are right. You are right. You are right. And I, I knew that was coming. I was like, yeah. I was like, now, this is a Chris Jericho I like. I was like, I was sick to baby face Chris Jericho. I was like, okay, all right, Chris, uh, you need to become healed. Doink, look what happens. There, folks, it was a good heel turn. I thought it was great. Fantastic. Okay, moving on. Yes. You okay, Vinny? Ready to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm about right, to right man. now. We got our first official match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. We don't want to call it that. For the AEW World Championship, oh, Hangman Adam Page defends the title against Dante Martin. Can I take this one? Yeah, it's a match. You go first, always. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I, why? I don't know why. I mean, okay, why? But here we go. Circling Carlin, uh, 
elbow, saved with a wrist lock, and Martin backfired. And um, it was okay. It was Dante Martin. Do you like him? No. No. Why did he get this? Apparently, the reason he got this is because he's number two on the rankings for AEW. Um, which, Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. That I. What? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? Him? Why is he number two? He's a spot monkey circus joke. Yeah. Good heart, but no. Well, the ranking system has nothing to do with wrestling skill. It has to do with win-loss records. And Dante Martin apparently has a good win-loss record. The only problem is is that he's bland, he's vanilla, he's boring as shit. Never mind the fact that he does spot monkey crap. There's not a damn mm-hmm. thing interesting about this fucking guy, and he has done nothing no. to deserve a world title match. So first of all, Adam Page is already in a match with a guy who has no business getting a world title shot. Number two, this is a world title match, and once again, and this is a big pet peeve that I have, it's op- It's the first match of the fucking night. This is a slap yeah. in the face to your belt and to your champion. I am sorry. If the AEW World Heavyweight title, I know Elvis and Desmond like to give me shit on this, but both of them can go fuck themselves on this one. I love them, but they can go fuck themselves on this one, okay? I'm sorry. If the world title is the most prestigious prize, the richest prize in your business, if it is the most important title, if it symbolizes that you are the man, you are the best, and you have the stroke, it should not be opening the fucking show. This is so disrespectful, and the fact that the AEW doesn't get this is why I have a hard time respecting them as a wrestling company. It's why I have a hard time respecting Tony Khan as a booker, because no real booker, no real promoter of a wrestling company would fucking do this. Ever. Not now, not ever. Your world title should always close the show. Always. Always, always, always. The fact that the world title keeps opening the show and the TNT title, which we're not going to get into that match, we'll talk about it later, keeps closing the show is a fucking joke. It's a joke. You already, and the fact that Adam Page went the distance with Dante Martin is also pathetic. This shit should have been a fucking squash. The fact that Dante Martin put up any kind of fight against Adam Page is pathetic. And this is why I feel like Adam Page is getting such a raw deal. Like, he's the only only person in AEW that can blame creative for how shitty his push has been. The only one. It's goddamn ridiculous. Treat your world champion like a main eventer. Treat your world champion like a top guy. If he's not a main eventer and he's not a top guy, don't give him the fucking belt. This is disgusting. If you got anything to add, Zach, go ahead. Uh, I think I'm good. It was a squash match. I, I, let's uh, go on because you keep on going on. This is going to be like the energizer battle keeps Going and going and going. Well, that's going. why I asked you if you had anything to say. I was done talking. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. Okay, 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 okay. Then okay. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Adam Cole Pate comes out and says, "Okay, you be." Uh, he says his thing. So, Vinny, you go ahead. You probably want to do this better than me. Yeah. Let <laughs> let let me let me let me take the lead on this. Uh, Tony Schiavone heads to the ring to get Hangman's thoughts. I don't know why Tony keeps coming out to the ring. Just give the guys a microphone. I love Tony, but the interview thing is just unnecessary. At least they're letting him actually fucking hold the mic for once. Uh, Hangman tells Dante to get back in the ring. He said last year, Paige got put in a tough position, but he managed to make it all the way to the world championship. He knows he'll probably enter the tag division back with his brother, but he'd be more than happy to face him again if it happens. He shakes Martin's hand. Out comes Adam Cole Pussy to say Paige won by a fluke at Revolution. He says in a week he wants to face Hangman in a six-man tag, and Hangman can pick any two goons he 
wants. He's got partners in mind that are his friends. Cole vows to make Paige's life a living hell until he hears the words and new world champion Adam Cole Bebe. Uh, that was a pretty good promo, but the one thing I did not like was Adam uh, Cole Bebe saying his, uh, Adam Page winning was a fluke. I was like, nah, it wasn't a fluke. He just beat you. Get over it. That match Ooh. went on way too long to be a fucking fluke. That was way too long of a fucking match. Uh, yeah, so that was a clear victory. They want Adam Cole yeah, to good. fight him again, I guess. They're trying to build this up. We know uh, Double or Nothing's in two months, so the big question is, are they going to give the second match away on free TV, or are they going to build this up to uh, Double or Nothing? We'll find that out at the end of May. But um, I will say the promo segment was good. Um, I liked Adam Cole interrupting this because I actually agreed with Adam Cole that this was was fucking stupid. So like, <laughs> this this first match was a waste of fucking time. Like, yeah, was, I agree with you. I was like, I was watching. I was like, time. it was. What the hell are you doing, dude? I mean, I'll get one thing about Devante. Yeah, he tries, but him getting a world title shot just over win and loss records. Seriously, no. Oh, it should have been said and over with before they, they should have ended like a minute, but they did it because they had to make a filler. Fuckers. Okay. Anything else you want to say, Devin? No, we're moving on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. We got John yeah, Moxley exactly. and Daniel Bryan with William Regal versus the Work Horsemen, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. I don't know who the fuck these people are. You don't know who Moxley and Danielson no, are? No, um, Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Yeah, well, th- well, I, these guys are basically indie guys that were brought in to make Moxley and, D- and Bryan Danielson look good, so the answer is no, this and... is not a match, this was a massacre. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know anything else to really say. <laughs> they didn't even, like, no, I mean, no. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. So, this is what needed to happen. You got John Moxley and Brian Danielson. You're establishing them as the next big tag team. They needed to just beat the fucking shit out of people. That's what you need to do. They brought in the workhorsemen who are workhorses, so you know they're going to put on a decent match, and John Moxley and Brian Danielson are going to look good as they just beat the shit out of these two. The crowd's not even not even into the match. They're chanting for William Regal because they're just happy Regal is in all elite wrestling, so they don't even give a shit about the match. Uh, Danielson makes uh, the guy t- makes Drake tap out. Uh, Regal approves. Then Shivani comes back to the ring again. Again, we don't need this. Again, uh, nope, we do not. Uh, and is in the ring with Danielson, Mox, and Regal. The crowd welcomes Regal back, and Regal knows that it has been 29 years since he and Tony were together on TBS because Regal did work in WCW for a period of time. Uh, he said he knows the life he lived. Is he's he's not long for this world. Because Regal's had a fuck ton of drug and alcohol problems that he had to overcome. Um, and he says that Regal knows that Shivani was one of the first people who really helped him in wrestling. He gets a bit emotional because he hasn't seen Tony Shivani in a long time. He knows that he was no longer at his old job and he was out of wrestling for those two whole months when NXT released him and he had to sit at home for his non-compete. He then got word Danielson mentioned his name on AEW. He tuned in and saw that Danielson was fighting Mox. People may associate him with Danielson. He says Brian was the wrestler he should have been. And he talks about training him and teaching him and how dedicated Brian Danielson is to the craft. And he said 11 years ago he met Mox. He said the physical and psychological problems they put one another through would make the devil cry. I love that when Regal says shit like that. He decided what two would make a better combo, and that's why these two are together. He uses a warning to everyone, you'll either step up or get stepped 
on. That is by far one of the best promos I've ever seen from William Regal. That was freaking brilliant. I didn't. I, I never knew that he had a drug and alcohol problem because you always seen Fish and Posh. You know what I mean, Vinny? What did you think? Well, <clears throat> that's because that was in the early years of his career. You know, that was back when he had a different uh, gimmick. He was a uh, Lord Stephen Regal in WCW, and then in uh, WWE he had like this. Uh, he was uh, a man's man. You know, so he had this like manly gimmick. Like his his actual interesting was he's a man such a man he's oh, okay. a man a real man's okay. man and it would have him like doing construction work or working on an oil rig just doing real fucking man shit they actually ribbed him once at a live show he was coming out to the ring in his uh in, in the traditional British song that he had or that, that song he would normally come out to and then all of a sudden they changed it to he's a man and Regal just had that look on his face like you motherfuckers <laughs> meanwhile Daniel Bryan's in the ring laughing his ass off yeah, no, I saw that as well. It was great. It was, it was fucking hilarious. But And I love the devil cry because he always uses that whenever he wants to talk about something dark and sinister. Like one time he threatened Paul Heyman and said, I will perform acts of violence on you that will make even the bloody devil cry. He, fuck, he was fucking nuts. And so William Regal has always been great on the mic. Uh, Very, very amazing. He's uh, very, very British. It's great. And it's like I said. Extremely British. Yes. And the thing is, I think, like I said, these two are going to be the next Tag team champions. I called it on Revolution. I'm still calling it again. Uh, Jurassic Express is going to need an opponent. I think a double or nothing. I think it should be Jurassic Express versus Brian Danielson and John Moxley. And Danielson and Mox need to go over and become the new AEW tag team champions. At double or nothing. Yes. And they better not put on free TV, bro. Oh yeah. And if you want to get Christian and William Regal involved, you can as well. Because uh, I'm oh, sure. Oh hell yeah. Because Christian can still go, and I'm sure Regal wouldn't mind uh, lacing up the boots one more time because he knows we're. Christian, he'll be in safe hands because they don't have to do any spot monkey bullshit. They know enough psychology to work around that, or at least Christian does now. He, I know you don't like him that much sometimes, but still, it's still Christian. He's still a very good wrestler. Oh, he is. I mean, and, and, yeah, yeah. Outside, like I respect Christian. Just imagine it: manager versus manager. No, it's great. I've I I I I respect Christian as a worker. I just don't. Again, it's one of those things where people put him on a pedestal that I don't think he deserves to be on, and that's the only issue. Top. That's what I'm saying. He's not the top of the food chain. He's maybe in between, maybe an appetizer. That's, That's what I'm saying. That. Like I don't, I, you know, everybody acts like Christian is this god of wrestling, and he's not. They act he's like not, he had this. Not. Like, like I said, he does not deserve a solo Hall of Fame spot. If he ever goes in the Hall of Fame, it needs to be with him and his brother Edge. That's it. Yep, very true. I, you know, he might get the TNA Hall of Fame by himself. He might get the AEW if they ever put a Hall of Fame together. He might get that by himself. But as far as him, as far as the WWE Hall of Fame, he doesn't deserve to go in solo because he didn't do anything memorable as a solo wrestler. He didn't. Every every success he had was in tag teams. He's always been a tag team. So he, yeah. So, All right. Anything else you have to say? Yes. Uh, we have Alex Marvez in the back with the Dark Order. Heyman comes in and apologizes yeah, for his yeah, actions. Uh, Dark Order tells him it's cool before Silver asks who he will pick for his partners next week. Hangman admits that he ran to Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus next week, and they asked about being partners with him to get their hands Ooh. on the Young Bucks, so he agreed to them. They look a little disappointed. Yeah, I saw that too. You could definitely see the uh, disappointment look on John Silver's face. Did you see that as well? Yes, but they were trying to be like, I mean, oh, it's cool. I got a beard appointment anyway. And I'm like, I. I was like, yeah, you're playing y'all. I should have happy after that. 
But if you're a Heyman Adam H, who would you rather pick? Some couple people from the Dark Order or Jurassic Express? Always Jurassic Express. The Dark Order, this faction is... This went from being a badass group to a comedy joke in a matter of months. Like, it's okay. like there was a brief moment with Brody Lee where, you know, God rest him, when they were taken seriously a little bit, but now they're just one big fucking comedy act. It's a joke. It's. It is a I'm joke. sorry. They're, they're like, great. Yeah. They're great entertainment. But the world champion should not be associating with them. And it's stupid. It's it's making Adam Page. It's not helping his case. Basically, you know, he needs to be. He's a, he needs to do cowboy shit, and he can't do that with the Dark Order running around going Muster Boy and acting all stupid. Like I can't <laughs> sit through this crap. It's you know, I, I I don't need this shit. It's it's not working. I rather see. I think him and Jurassic Express would be a great team. And you know, and although I will admit it's going to be a little bit awkward when we get to a later segment, but anyway. Okay. This, is, this is boring as fuck But on that note We move on to the next match Of the evening again If we even want to call it that You want to call uh, it that Wheeler Yuta With Orange Cassidy Versus Pac I thought Wheeler Put up a good fight He tried But there was no way In hell that Wheeler Was going to um, Beat the bastard Pac It was back and forth That time It was about a good What you think A good five minute Six minute match there man Yeah <clears throat> What I call it a match? Would you? Huh? Would you call this a match? No. I call this, would I. I call this Pac beating the shit out of a guy who deserves better than what he's getting. Like, Wheeler Yuta is actually a decent worker. But when you got Orange Cast, when you got Tony's Little Dog Pockets, <laughs> fucking Chucky e. T, and no offense, Danhausen, Wheeler Yuta is completely the odd man out in that group. Like, he does not need to be around a bunch of jokers. Because it literally takes the wind out of his sails when he tries to be a badass. Because you're not going to look like a badass if you're... It's almost like... It's like the Fonz hanging out with two Ralph Mouse and two Potsy Webbers. That's basically what this is. And yeah, I'm using a Happy Days reference. I don't give a fuck. It's the only way I can really explain that. It's like, the Fonz looked like a badass when he was by himself, but not when he had Richie Cunningham, fucking Ralph Mouth, and Potsy Weber. It, it kind of made the Fonz look less badass. So... That's how I feel with Wheeler Yuta. He needs to get away from the best friends because they're just going to make him look stupid and it's hard to take him seriously. He's a badass guy. But I'm sorry, the best friends aren't there to be badass. They're there to do comedy. And Wheeler Yuta doesn't need to be involved in a comedy group. He needs to be by himself, whooping ass, taking names, and getting championships. So Pac whooping his ass made perfect sense. Then we cut to the Cutler cam with Cole, Red Dragon, and the Bucks. RD and the Bucks bicker over their tag match at AEW. Revolution, blah, blah, blah. And then, basically, uh, Adam Cole makes it seem like he's going to pick the Bucks. The Bucks basically say, we don't want to be involved in this fight with Hangman. So, And Cole said, I wasn't going to pick you guys anyway. I'm picking Red Dragon. So it looks like it's going to be Cole and Red Dragon versus Adam Page uh, and Jurassic Express, which... Again, doesn't make sense if you're going to, if they want revenge on the Bucks, then it doesn't make sense anymore for him to pick Jurassic Express. Then again, I guess they wouldn't mind fighting Red Dragon one more time. At least it wasn't the Young Bucks, right? Yeah, at least it wasn't them. I, I, the, but, less, the less I see of them, the better. Well, 
it makes sense, doesn't it not? Yeah. For Adam yeah. Cole to team up with Kyle O'Reilly and um, Bobby Fish. It does make sense. I mean, it does, but also, if the goal, if Adam Cole's mission is to get inside the hangman's head, it would make sense for him to team with the Bucks, especially since the Bucks and Adam Page had somewhat patched things up when the Bucks came out during the match where Page beat Kenny to win the title. Like, when they came out, they surrounded the ring, but they kind of just looked at Adam, and they kind of gave a nod, like, okay, we're not going to screw you out of this match, and then Page hit the two Buckshot Lariats to win the title. So, it would make sense if they were going to pick the Bucks just to see what the Bucks would do. Maybe this would finally be the moment where they turn on Adam Cole because they're sick of his shit and then we get Hangman and the Bucks and Cole and Red Dragon and whatever. So it would be intriguing to see because... It would be intriguing to see. I, I do agree with you on that. You know, as much as I hate the Bucks, I think they're, they're they're either they either need to turn face or be healed somewhere else because this ain't working. But on that note, we move on to the next moment. We cut to the backstage area with FTR who basically fire Tully Blanchard because they're too busy trying to deal with tweets and personal shit with families and Tully's like we need to get back to winning titles and they decide to fire Tully Blanchard which I don't know how I feel about this. Neither do I. I, um, unless you're going to have okay. FTR cut promos by themselves, I don't get it. Also, Tully's been a very big part of the pinnacle so I don't know how the fuck that works either. Oh boy. Well, I have nothing to say about this. I was just say you're fired. I was like, uh, but, uh, okay. I was like, I don't know. Okay. Anyways. Yes. Next we cut to the ring. We have the AHFO who are basically having a vote on whether to fire Matt Hardy. <laughs> and uh, so basically, uh, Andrade El Idiot and his weird ass fucking ma- manager both say no. Matt says, I want to stay. Private Party puts their thumbs up as well. Matt starts running his mouth and all of a sudden they pull a Batista and Batista was trending on Twitter because of this and they turn their thumbs down, which mm-hmm. everybody looks at Batista as the guy who started that, but really, do you know who really started that? Who? Triple H, because he did that to Randy oh. Orton when they kicked Randy Orton out of Evolution, if you remember Yeah, correctly. you're right. But yeah, then, I do remember that. I do remember that. But then Batista used it on Triple H to let him know, I'm leaving Evolution to challenge you for the championship. And then Batista started using it regularly as a taunt. They do this, and then all of a sudden, they all beat the shit out of Matt. Andrade puts the boots to him. They bring in a chair. All of a sudden, out comes Darby Allen and Sting. They come in to help out, but the numbers game is too powerful. All of a sudden, to my shock and surprise, I don't know how this legally fucking happened, but next thing you know, the old Hardy Boys music plays and Brother Nero shows up. Out he comes, <laughs> takes out everybody else. Matt at the twist of fate. Jeff hits a swanton bomb, and Matt embraces, and we officially see the reuniting of the Hardy Boys and AEW. Really? How do you think I feel right now? Oh, I'm surprised you were able to contain your excitement. I'm just going to let you go right now. Say what you want. Thank you. Oh, dude. dude, dude, dude. I, was like, I, was like, I saw it on Facebook, just to let you know, but I did not suspect it would come, he would come out to his uh, old Hardy Boy music. I was like, <gasps> And he looks great. Absolutely fantastic. So, even though we saw a bit of a confrontation, like a stare down between Darby Allen, Sting, and the Hardy Boys, do you think they're going to team up or go against each other? 
we'll see folks, but otherwise in that as big as the massive fan of Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy, I'm warning this right now. If you fuck up one more time, I'll never support you again. Deal? Well, deal. I, yeah, I don't know why you're saying deal. You can't say deal. He's not here to accept it. But um You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But here's the thing. Um, and I've said this before and I will say it again. I had mixed feelings about this. I'm gonna tell you why. First, I'm happy the Hardy boys are back together, and I would love to see them as the AEW World Tag Team Champions. <clears throat> I would, they, Can I interrupt you? Go ahead. Sorry. Just imagine, w- real quick, the Hardy Boys against Mox and the American Dragon in a TLC. Just pulling it out there. Well, they would have to call it a different name because... But you they, know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean, but they can't legally call it a TLC match. It's like, for example, they did that in TNA and they had to call it Full Metal Mayhem. <laughs> So I don't know what name they would give it in AEW, but they cannot. But WWE owns the right to call it TLC, so they have to come up with a different name. I think that would probably have to happen. Um, but I would love. But I think Hardy Boys versus uh, Mox and Danielson would be great. Because uh, I don't think I like. I wouldn't want to see them with Jurassic Express. No oh, fuck no. I don't think that would be a good match for them. But I do want to see the Hardys as the tag team champions. But at the same time, here's my problem. I don't want a repeat of the other promotions where. Jeff Hardy shows up, and Matt ends up taking a back seat, and Jeff all of a sudden gets a push to the fucking world title. Because it pisses me off all the time that Matt Hardy gets the raw end of the deal every time Jeff shows up in a company. It happened in WWE, it's happened in TNA, it'll probably happen here. And if it does happen here, that may be the final straw for me, because I said that before when Matt Hardy came to AEW, that if they dropped the ball with Matt, I, I would probably not be able to give AEW my support because that was the fear that I had whenever Matt Hardy came here. And it's the same fear I have now because the fact that Matt Hardy has been nowhere near the world heavyweight title is a problem. I hate the fact that they have a lot of big names, big legends, and none of them are going for the world title. That's exactly what you need to do. Your legends, if they can still go, should have a run with the world title. So that way your world title has star fucking power behind it. Legendary status behind it. People can fucking take it seriously. That's why Jericho, as I mentioned many, many times before, was perfect to be the first world champion. Then you had Moxley, which also made sense because he was a star from WWE. And then, then they gave it to Kenny Beta, who I, I fucking hated that run, but Kenny was popular with the fucking Marks, so that appeased them. But then Adam Page had the great story to become the champion now. But I still maintain that Matt needs a run with the belt. Sting should get a run with the belt. Uh, fucking Christian, I would even say get a run with the belt, because technically he is the MGF, big star there. Uh, MGF. M- yeah, MJF, yeah. And I would even say this. Billy Gunn should get a run with that belt. Make You got legends who can still go. Make them your world champion because A, it ups the power of your, your legacy of your title and it ups the resume of whoever beats them to win the world title. See, that's the thing most people aren't thinking. All they're going to see is, oh, this old guy's got the belt. This is an old guy who can still go and an old guy who can help build your talent up. It's way better to say, oh, I beat Sting for the world title than I beat Kenny. I'm sorry. Agreed. Sting has a bigger legacy than Kenny Omega will ever have. Oh, I, would, I would brag more about beating Sting than I would fucking Kenny. But anyway, that's how I feel but about that. So then we move on to... That was awesome. Go ahead. 
So next we got a uh, Swerve Strickland backstage. He gets interrupted by mm-hmm. Tony Nese, uh, and basically they're gonna have a match on Rampage. It's gonna be the debut match because apparently they're used to wrestling on Friday nights. Does anyone give a shit about this? No, I do not. Want to move on? Say fuck it. I'll just say one more. I'll say one quick thing before we do. Um, I'm, as you all know, I'm happy that Swerve is an AEW. I don't give a fuck about this match at all. But anyway, me neither. But I'll tell you what, I do give a fuck about this right here. We move on what? to the next segment here. We got Wardlow in the ring. He talks about his yeah. hardships growing up, and Max was his hard way of getting his foot in the door. He thanks MJF for that, but it doesn't give him the right to disrespect him. Last week, when MJF slapped him, he made his choice. He may still be under contract, but he doesn't give a damn. He's no longer his bodyguard. He's no longer a part of the pinnacle, and he is finally free. If MJF lets him go of his contract, he'll go. they'll go their separate ways. He wants to put the past behind him, and now he wants everyone to know that AEW is now Wardlow's world. There was so much shit that happened in this promo. I'm going to sum this up right now. Awesome. Wardlow talked a lot about the harshness of MJF. Zach, I think you can mm-hmm. agree. Um, yeah. Wardlow and I have a bit of a parallel in the business. Let's just say that. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you. I'm pretty sure you could sum up a certain aspect of my life in the business with everything Wardlow said. But anyway, your thoughts? Oh, geez. Can I? Uh, my thoughts. This is one of his better promos, and uh, I thought it was great. I did not know this big guy could do this shit. I was like, I was impressed. He ripped MJF. Apart. The only shocking thing was MGF did not come out tonight. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay. But maybe there's a twist to that. But I watched that. That's one of the better promos. I thought that was the best promo of night. That was fucking perfect. I've never seen a big guy like his size do something like that before. And AEW, the same. Oh, yeah. Like, so so he's just not a giant fucking behead of a bodyguard. Wardrow looks like he has actually has a fucking brain. Shocker. Well, yeah. He was keeping his mouth shut because he needed money to support his family. But now he's going to take the TNT title. And he said, if you let me go from the contract, we'll go our Separate ways, I won't even bother you. That's all. Wardlow doesn't want to fight MJF. He doesn't want to feud with MJF. He just wants to leave. So if MJF will just let him go, they won't have any problems. But if he continues to be a thorn in his side or decides to come for revenge, Wardlow will, as no problem, beat the shit out of MJF. Like I said, this was Wardlow's... Yes, but he said, I'm not going to do that. I just want to move on. He said, I've wasted enough of my time on MJF. And I thought this was a phenomenal promo, and he damn well better win that TNT title next week. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he does. If they don't, they just bury this whole thing for no reason. Yeah. Let's play to the wrestling gods. They don't. Yes. So on that note, we cut All to right. uh, on that note, we cut to uh, QT Marshall, who wants a word with Keith Lee. Uh, Marshall says he and Lee have a common enemy in Team Taz. QT lets Lee know that the factory has his back. I'm good, says Lee, and Marshall is not pleased. Um, do you care about this in any sort of way? In no way, shape, or form do I give a fuck. QT Marshall is a nuisance. Keith Lee don't need anybody. He can handle himself. And if this leads to a few with the Nightmare Factory, it's just going to be goddamn ridiculous because with the exception of Anthony Agogo, most of the people from the Nightmare Factory are fucking jobber garbage. It's a waste of time for Keith Lee to have to deal with peasants. Peasants. So moving on, sir? Yes, we are moving on to the next match of the evening for the AEW okay. World Tag Team titles. Jurassic Express defends the gold against the acclaim. Uh actually to tell you the truth, I enjoyed it. I was I was I was getting a little anxious, but I was also kind of buzzy, but I'm okay now. I was like, all right, all right, all right. And I was thinking, I mean they were going against who again? Sorry, I don't care for this team. I mean let's right. It's the acclaimed. I the acclaimed. 
Sorry, I, I forgot their team name because no why? I don't give a shit. I thought it was okay, but one thing, let me say, and I'll let you go, is just why would they, why would they lose the solar source, dress express, lose the title to the acclaimed right before we already fucking know the better match would be on the card and more money to put bloods in season. The business right than John Moxley and America Dragon. Go ahead. I'll put that out well, there. obviously, they're making a title match just for TV, and you don't know what the fuck's going to happen with AEW sometimes, so they wanted to give uh, they wanted to give Jurassic Express a good solid title shot, and they did. Uh, the Acclaim basically comes out and does the same thing. You know, they do the rap where they're trying to trigger people and be controversial, and they're, they're just annoying. Not that good at it. They're or annoying. not that good at it. They're annoying. They're just plain old fucking annoying, and this match did what it needed to do. It made Jurassic Express look good, and that's all that really happened. It wasn't that big a deal. And, it wasn't that big of a deal, but the, I, I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And on that note, we come, and on that note, Jay Cargill has her thirtieth match coming up, and she wants to give someone the kiss of death on that bitch show again. Now, another thing that no one gives a fuck about. Um. Okay, I agree with you. Who gives a fuck? Moving on. Yeah. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, which is in AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator, part of the tournament. Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Well, I'll go ahead and ask you. Do you call this a match? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, it was a good match. I've never seen the other person before unless i'm a complete fucking idiot but Thunder rosa did you notice that her arm was hurt yes i noticed that she hurt uh-huh. it um throughout most of the match um i i know that they were you know trying to sell the fact that she's in pain because i know she had the match with uh brit baker on sunday and you know obviously layla hirsch is a bit of a uh you know has, has a very good wrestling you know skills there's a lot of matt bait there's a lot of matt work in this match which i enjoy you know then of course uh well come from you of course yes and then Rosa nails her Thunder Driver, gets the one, two, three. Thunder Rosa ends up winning the match. Um, but here's the thing that I thought was weird was what happened afterward. Once again, there's Shivani. He reveals to Thunder Rosa that her, that her world title match will be in a steel cage. She's elated. Backstage, Britt Baker calls her out, noting that their lights out match from last year. Rosa may have got the win, but she was the real winner, and she's not afraid of her. She's not afraid of the cage. Britt Baker, DMD. And here's the thing. Now, I'm assuming this world championship eliminator is supposed to be a fucking tournament and the winner is supposed to get a shot at the AEW women's world championship so if thunder rosa is advancing in the tournament why the fuck is she getting a title match next week in the steel cage um the only thing i can think of filler that but here's the thing why do this if you're gonna put her in the tournament because here's the thing if that's the case layla hirsch should have advanced in the tournament and then have Thunder Rosa just go for the championship, win it in the cage, and then maybe face the winner. Because if Thunder Rosa doesn't win this match, she's dead as an attraction. This is stick a fork in Thunder Rosa, she's done. I don't even want to see her win the tournament if she loses this fucking cage match because there's no reason to see them go for a third time if Britt Baker's just going to fucking win and embarrass her again. Jesus Christ. It's her goddamn ridiculous. Don't. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So, as much as I enjoyed the match between her and Layla Hirsch, it doesn't make sense to give her a title shot when she's in the middle of a fucking tournament. Because then what's her incentive to continue with the fucking tournament? Like, what happens if she wins the title? Does Layla get her spot by default? 
And she and she goes into a match as a loser. It don't make any fucking sense. Again, logical fucking booking. For some reason, nobody in the back has a brain when it comes to booking. It's like no one's thinking ahead. They're just spewing shit out of their mouths. This is Russo style booking. I have to agree. In fact, it's worse than Russo style booking because Russo had at least some structure. Not really. Anyway, and then we move on. I tell you what, that booking was so bad. Guess you could do a better job. Who? Me. Me. Moving on. Yes. And then on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the TNT Championship. Sammy Guevara defends the title against Scorpio Sky. Um, you know what, Vinny? After what I saw tonight, it's your show. You take the floor. All right. This. <laughs> Here we go. Was a fucked up main event. Was, on multiple levels. Oh, good God, he's okay. Here's the thing. I don't wish injury upon anyone. I don't get excited when someone is in pain. At the yeah, same exactly. time, stop getting squirrely. At the same time, I can't feel bad for Sammy Guevara. If he's hurt, I don't feel sad. And all this is is a prime example of why you shouldn't do stupid shit in a fucking match. This is why you need to learn some ground game and stop being a fucking flippy floppy Mexican jumping bean. It's for goddamn ridiculous doing all this spot monkey shit with no ground game and getting yourself fucking hurt. This is the dumbest thing you can fucking do as a champion. This is the problem. These spot monkeys never switch their style up until they either A, get old, or B, suffer too many fucking injuries. Unfortunately, that's the only way to humble some of these fucking morons. You're the TNT champion, and you're about to fuck yourself in the title. And then Ty Conti comes out there. She's not much fucking help. And then Scorpio Sky's trying to taunt, saying, I'll kiss him for you. Oh, yeah, that's a badass taunt, you moron. Then we get through this whole fucking match. Still doing all these stupid bullshit. And then finally, Sky hits a TKO. One, two, three. The winner and new TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. And then Paige Van Zant comes out, attacks Ty Conti, throws her on to Sammy, and then Sai signs her AEW contract, so now Paige Van Zandt is officially on the All Elite Wrestling roster, which is good. I don't know why she had to sign a contract. It's not like American Top Team hasn't been on TV every fucking week since they came here. (laughs) And then, top it all off, as much as I love seeing Scorpio Sky with the belt, here's the problem. He's got to face Wardlow next week. So one of two things is going to happen. Either Scorpio Sky is about to become a transitional champion and lose the belt next week, or Wardlow's not going to win the title, and he grabbed the brass ring for no fucking reason. So here's what I think is going to happen. As Zach mentioned earlier, MJF is probably going to confront Wardlow. I think MJF is going to cost Wardlow the TNT championship, and that's going to start a feud between them. I think they're going to drag that feud out to double or nothing and I'm just going to have a match with Wardlow where if you win, I'll let you out of your contract and I'll pay you a severance for your work. But if you lose, you come back to the pinnacle and you're my slave forever. And Wardlow says you're on. Wardlow beats MJF, gets his freedom and his money. That's how I see this playing out because it's not going to make sense unless the reason Scorpio Sky won the belt is because Sammy G is legitimately injured and they called an audible. There was no reason for him to win the title tonight. But again, if Sammy is injured, I'm not happy about it, but I don't feel sad for him either. You shouldn't be doing stupid shit in a fucking ring. And this 
is exactly why. Because shit can go wrong and you can fuck up storylines or fuck up the direction of a company because you have to get your shit in. This match could have opened the fucking show. It did not need to be the main event. And it's the TNT title and Dynamite's on TBS. So I'm going to say this. I think the TNT title should be exclusive to Rampage. Make it the main event of fucking Rampage. Get it off of Dynamite. That way the TNT title can be defended on fucking TNT. Oh my god, Vinny, that's logical. Yeah, I know. That's why it won't fucking happen. Anyway, Zach, you got any thoughts, Sharon? Okay. First off, you're absolutely right about him causing his own injury because you could tell. But I cringed when he went through that table. I was like, I was like, I like, I like, I like, I was like, oh, like I like put my hand on, like I'm like, oh, like that there, guys. And I saw that I didn't like it. And Vanny, for what you just said, I was like thinking in my head, I was like, AW, why don't you hire Vinny the Boots Bucci? Because if you do this right, Vinny, can't believe what I'm about to say. I'll buy you a very good dinner. But if you lose. You gotta do it for me. Or I'm just putting out there the alcohol's kind of talking. But fuck what it. What are you talking about? Eddie, we're gonna take a bet. On what? Hear me, hear me out. Say AEW just does everything you say to exactly almost to the T. I'll do something for you. But if they don't, you gotta do something for me. Maybe an embarrassing picture. Maybe a picture for you. And just maybe, just maybe if I lose, I have to wear a certain band that I don't like. Alright, well let's let's ponder on that because I'm I'm too I'm too worn out to even have that discussion. And I'm too buzzed to give a shit right now. But otherwise than that, that that right there was I'm like, oh fuck. But Sammy G, dude, for real, I hate to say it like Vinny here's I'm sorry that happened to you, but I don't feel sorry for you. This is what fucking happens when you do a fucking sucker sack and you're about to get married to a very pretty woman. You fucking idiot. Yeah. You might wanna ease up on the circus shit if you're getting married. Don't do what Darby Allen does and like his girlfriend leave him because he was doing the same shit that she were doing. Exactly. And but otherwise, I enjoyed it. Yeah. The show, I actually, yeah. I did. It was actually, it was like it had its shitty moments, but it had its really good moments. Like Jeff Hardy returning, reunite Hardy boy. Trust me, dude, I was dancing when I came on. <laughs> of course, you were. Every Jeff Hardy man just... on the planet's going marking out over shit. But like I said, this is that Jeff Hardy's last chance. If he, he fucks up the drugs one more time, I'm done. With well, I should argue it wasn't drugs that fucked him up. He, he it was allegedly that he was on alcohol. He was drunk. He was drunk, not on drugs. Uh, I can't. I can't give him any crap about that. You all. Yeah. I'm a drinker myself. Nah. I right. will let that slide. Okay. Well, anyway, um, that ladies and gentlemen will wrap up uh this AEW recap. Zach, as always, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. And uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Breaker, Breaker, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Now, pinned to the Facebook page and also the Twitter page, uh, we have a special organization, the Trick to Stop, which is a non-profit organization that serves individuals that suffer from a hair disorder called trichotillomania. It's dedicated to help prevent an uncontrollable habit that can be life-stunting. You might have heard this commercial at the very beginning uh, of the podcast, or a little bit after the anchor plug. Uh, basically, what you do is you go to the link that's pinned at the top of our social media pages, and then what you do is you click on the heart to like the page, and then you have a sign-up sheet. You basically put in your name and an email address, whether it's your actual email or 
if you want to just use an old one from a long time ago that's still kind of active, use that as well. And basically what you do is you cast your vote and it allows her the chance, my friend Kirby, who runs this organization, a chance to win a $10,000 grant. So you don't have to donate any money. You're not required to give money. All you have to do is cast your vote so she can win money. That for her organization to help people who suffer from trichotillomania. It's a hair pulling disorder. So, and she herself has gone through it and that's what made her uh, create this organization. You can find out more about it by going to app.voodle.com V-O-O-D-L-E. The link is on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Also, uh, real quick, one time I'll say again, a shout out to everybody that uh, wished me a happy birthday uh, on Instagram. I appreciate it. I replied to the comments recently. Thank you guys for that. Also, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got some YouTube content up there, including uh, Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, our archive watch parties, our D&D one-shot, funny skits, holiday videos. Check out our St. Patrick's Day video that's coming out very, very soon. Uh, that's going to be a fun one for you guys to check out. And of course, hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified for when new content will be coming out. We got new episodes of Dark Side of the Ring coming soon. Some archive watch parties will be joining the channel as well. So make sure you got those notifications on so you'll know to check it out and be the first to see it. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next guaranteed watch party will be Sunday, April 3rd for night two of WrestleMania 38. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be a night one streaming or not because at the time night one takes place, I will be on a plane flying back from Dallas, Texas to Atlanta, Georgia because we're going to be in Dallas uh, on the 31st through the 2nd um, for some special events going on during WrestleMania weekend. On the 31st, we're doing a special uh, wrestling event with uh, Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona. We'll be doing something special with him. April 1st, we'll be at Hyenas Comedy Club. Myself, Buff Bagwell, and Michael Long uh, doing a live Rebuilding Buff uh, podcast show. I'll be doing stand-up, and they'll be telling stories and taking questions from the audience. And that'll be at Hyenas Comedy Club in Dallas, Texas on April 1st. And then April 2nd, we will be at WrestleCon, signing autographs and meeting the fans. So make sure you guys come see us at WrestleCon. So while I'm doing all that, um, the, now if the team decides they want to stream something for night one, they are more than welcome to do so. Otherwise, we'll all get together for night two of WrestleMania. So be on the lookout for updates regarding that. Also, we got our D&D show coming soon to the Twitch channel, so be on the lookout for that. Preparations are being made, so within the next few months, it will air. And then, of course, we have some gaming coming to the Boochcast. Uh, Elvis is going to be in charge of that. He's got his Oculus set up to uh, get some gaming done very soon. Also, of course, with uh, WWE 2K22 coming out this Friday, uh, we plan on doing our special Boochcast booking battle. That'll be between myself and Elvis Delinsky. Uh, we'll be having a contest. He'll be putting a roster together. I'll be putting a roster together and every week we'll be putting out shows on the Twitch channel for you guys to watch and we're going to find out who's the better booker, Elvis Zelensky or Vinny Bucci. The only way to find out, check us out on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. And, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon. The first level you can donate at is for $0.99 cents 
per month. This is the level we give out to uh, people who want to support the show but don't have a lot of money to spend because you got bills to pay and mouths to feed. We would never ask you guys to uh, break the bank or sacrifice a payment to support this show. If the only thing you can do is listen and spread the word, that's all we really require. Just take a link, share it, tell your friends, tell your family, tell them the Boochcast is the place to be. You're still helping out the show. But if you still want to give a little, put a, have a little skin in the game and help us out, you can go and give us money for 99 cents per month. It's just 99 cents. You'll barely notice it's gone, but you'll be helping us out a great deal. Every little bit helps, and we're grateful for it. You also have the second level you can donate at, which is for $4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. Take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network, and unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. The best part is, all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast successful. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest of it to feed Zachary over here ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.